Today marks a year since the full force of Cyclone Gabrielle hit much of the North Island, leaving a trail of devastation in its wake. Eleven people were killed. There were slips uh, well, right across the, the country. Yeah, flooded rivers, homes, businesses were destroyed and power and communication networks were knocked out in huge parts of Hawke's Bay and Tairawhiti. Since that day, large areas uh, have been deemed too dangerous to live in. Many people, of course, still living in temporary accommodation while they try and figure out their futures. In Hawke's Bay, helicopters were sent up on the day just after sunrise to help evaluate what had happened. But as those on board saw the floodwaters rising rapidly around homes, the choppers were sent to rescue people from rooftops. We're joined now by one of those pilots, Joe Farham, who owns Roto Force Helicopters Hastings. Kia ora, good morning, Joe. Good morning. Uh, well, a year on, but if you can cast your mind back and tell us uh, what happened on that morning. I certainly can, Ingrid. Um... I'm sitting this morning greeting a beautiful day with absolutely clear skies and you wouldn't believe a cyclone was possible, but that particular morning was, um, we're greeted by very low visibility, wind, rain and um, catastrophe unfolding underneath us. So uh, initially I was put up to survey at first light uh, with the police and um, we soon realised that we would have to go into an evacuation plan. So it unfolded underneath us and as the day, day grew, uh, so did some of the problems that we were dealing with. Yeah, so you went up to just try and, I, I guess, assess where the floodwaters were at. How different was what you saw from what you were expecting to see? Yeah, well, that night it, it certainly blew and it rained in, at different periods and I was quite shocked to what I was seeing. And as a consequence, with the you know low visibility and the amount of flooding, you're second guessing that you were where you thought or you knew you should have been, because uh, all your landmarks were underwater and um, yeah, the the place was uh, certainly a different picture to what we normally see out out the helicopter window. When tell us what you saw in terms of rescuing people. When did you know that this was turning into a, a rescue mission? It became pretty apparent as it got lighter. We, we were sort of up at, it was only just getting light. And um, as soon as we flew the Esk Valley and then uh, parts of the Pukitapu area, we realised the extent of the, the flooding because you've got to remember there was no communication. So when they called me up, they just said, we better go for a look. We're not sure what's going on out there. And um, it suddenly unfolded into a, a, a large you know, ordeal as such. And what about so, the people uh, you yeah, saw? Yeah. What about the people uh, you saw? Well, the people we were seeing were appearing on roofs of homes, and, and we, you know, I witnessed the water going through at uh, halfway up the doors, and then within 20 minutes it was uh, onto the rain gutter height, and so people were clambering onto roofs, and they were either climbing on from the outside, or some went through their ceilings and then had to break out onto the roof. So. You know, when we started evacuating those people, we were dealing with um, some quite hysterical, emotional people and panicking people. So, um, yeah, it all happened quite quickly. They must have been desperately happy to see you, though. Yeah, there, it was. It was. Um, I had an amazing crewman, Nathan Ferguson, that I think brought instant calm when he'd leapt off the helicopter onto the roof. And he coordinated loading them into the machine, including... You know, some of them had their pets with them and dogs and cats and so forth. But uh, it was shock and disbelief, you know, by those occupants that were evacuating. And I think relief that, you know, they were getting out of their sight. But 
at the same time, they're dealing with a lot of emotion with losing everything, that, their pride and joy. Do you know how many people you rescued? No, we, we rescued, I know myself and between um, some other local helicopter operators, it was estimated there's over 400 people were lifted off the roofs that day, but we were just backwards and forwards to roofs and then surveying areas um, looking for people that could be you know, trapped in their homes. So you're too busy, it was too intense to be bothering about um, counting numbers, but there was a lot of people. You mentioned uh, communication being an issue and, and I guess a year on there's a lot of talk now about what could have been done better and if things are actually any better now, if we're any better place to deal with that kind of situation. What's your view on that? Yeah, my view is on the day, I think that there's some very, very big unsung heroes that haven't been acknowledged for their initiative and coordination because <clears throat> a lot of the general aviation, it was our local knowledge that I think relieved a lot of otherwise could have been quite a tragic outcome. Uh, we, with no comms, we're having to fly areas and locate these people in distress and then extract them. And thereafter, you know, I have been in communication with our civil defence and CEOs of our councils and mayors, and I think it's a realisation of what local resources that the community has and how we can pull those resources together should an event like this ever happen again. So. It's the situation awareness, and at that time, um, it's easy to point the finger of what we could have done better, but I think we certainly have learnt lessons to cope with it uh, going forward. Hey, Joe, thanks very much for uh, taking the time to talk to us this morning, and you get out and enjoy some of that um, sunshine today. That was uh, Joe Farron, one of the helicopter pilots involved in rescuing uh, his community members from rooftops as uh, Cyclone Gabrielle hit a year ago.